Hello and welcome to our podcast, Cocktails and Bullshit. My name is Lou Rivera, and alongside of me is a very good friend and my co-host, Mr. Scott Heim. Together on this podcast, we will try to make sense of anything and everything that we talk about. Midway through, we will have a cocktail and try to have a few laughs along the way. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and join in on the conversation. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to the podcast with Lou and Scott. Unfortunately, my uh, partner in crime, Scott, is not going to be able to make it to the podcast this week. He had way too many things to attend to. We'll see him next week. We look forward to hearing from him. In the meantime, we've got a special guest on today, Mr. Tom Cruise. Yeah, we invited Tom Cruise and he was not able to make it either. I ran down my list and I got the second best person to fill in. My brother-in-law, Mr. Bill Nowak. Bill and I always have some great conversations, so I'm looking forward to it. We're still going to have the uh, cocktail half hour, so we'll get into that. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. Mr. Bill, welcome to the show. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing okay, buddy. It's a beautiful day today. It's kind of getting a little bit dark, but I was with your brother, Nelson, walking this afternoon. It was uh, it was really nice. Beautiful fall day. Well, that sounds great, man. He was uh, telling me that he was doing some walking with you. And uh, he also got into yoga, which is uh, kind of unusual. I've never seen Nelson do yoga before. I've never done it myself, but I hear that it's uh, really good for the mind and also uh, for the body. I've been having a great week. I think I told you I got a job. This guy came out to uh, fix our air conditioner. And I had him look inside the van, and he was really impressed with the uh, the work that I did. So he offered me a job. It's always um hard to get something while we're on the road because we're only at the campground a month at a time. But this guy had no problem with it. He uh, said he was busy and he can use me. So I went to uh, work for him, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's a family-owned business, so I'm getting along with everybody there. And it's a kind of a place that's in the middle of nowhere. I think they've got 110 acres out there. So every morning when I get there, I can hear the cows and the uh, the roosters in the morning. So it's pretty cool. I uh, I didn't think I would enjoy doing something like this, but it's really satisfying, man. I'm, I'm digging it. I kind of envy you right now because, uh, you know, I haven't been uh, working for probably about three years. I mean, just doing the little bit that I do. Uh, but uh, if I feel like I've almost passed my time. Nobody's interested in hiring any, me anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of useless at this point in my life. Uh, but hopefully I find something, something to keep myself busy like you've been able to. <laughs> yeah, dude. As you get older, you become less and less relevant. But you've got an interesting story, and I've always found it fascinating. You started some uh, checkers up north. Can you uh, fill us in and uh, talk about it? You want me to expand on that a little bit? I... Uh, uh, I started out, well, I come, I come from basically nothing. So, you know, that, um, my dad was a, a sheet metal worker and, uh, I never thought I'd even be able to, I, I didn't know what kind of purpose I would have in my life or if I even serve any purpose, but I was lucky enough that, uh, I, I got into college. I, I, I started taking, uh, you know, classes for programming and, uh, found a, found a, you know, good career path in it um, save, save some money, just, you know, just trying to save up for retirement. And I was, 
I was really close to retirement, maybe about a year away. And then I, um, I got to a point where I was, I felt like I was losing touch with my family, losing touch with my parents, uh, because I, I lived, you know, basically about 15 hours away from where they are. So, uh, I was trying to figure out a way that I could get closer to them and I could, you know, for their last years of their lives, my parents be closer to them. And, uh, so I looked at a lot of different things and, and my sister down in Florida was running a checkers, managing a checkers, but she's always been kind of a rock star in fast food. And, and I said, Hey, this is, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I don't know if I'll have another chance, but would you be interested in trying to do this? Because I've saved up some money and I can probably, you know, stake us one restaurant. And if, if, you know, you run it and I'll get the restaurant built and we'll see how it goes. Hopefully we can, we can do, you know, several of them. So we ended up and it was, I'm, I'm telling you as hard as can be going through that whole process, but somehow we managed, it's, it was almost like every week it was like, we're going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're going to do it. We're not going to do it because going through the banks and all that stuff, very difficult, but we got the first one done, opened it up. And that's when you came up to help us. Uh, because we were tearing our hair, our hair out, trying to, trying to keep the thing going and make it successful. And we ended up uh, building a second one, a third one, and a fourth one. And I was almost dead after the fourth one, but I survived, and, and I'm here to talk about it. So anyway, we still have four Checkers restaurants up, in, uh, up north. I'm not going to say exactly where it is, just in case. But uh, my sister runs them. And uh, I just kind of look in from the outside, do some background work, some some payroll, some finance stuff. But that's kind of what I've been doing. But I have to say, for the whole purpose of it, I was able to reunite with my parents, with my father. I, I spent probably six years just going and visiting him. He was in a, a retirement home and seeing him almost every day, sometimes multiple times a day. So, you know, not everything's roses and sh- sunshine with the business, but my main goal of reestablishing with my family was accomplished. He, he unfortunately, he passed away uh, last December, uh, but when he passed away, he and I were like peas and carrots again. So mission accomplished. Yeah, I was uh, sorry to hear that he passed away. And uh, your dad was such a great man. And I got to tell you, he, he told some funny ass stories but, you know, I always say now in my later years that family is everything. So for you to be able to go up there, I'm really sure that he appreciated it and uh, he got to reconnect with you. And you got to be pretty happy about that as well. So I actually been thinking, you've been my boss twice in my lifetime. The first time when we did IT work together and the second time when I went to work for you for Checkers. So you've really got to think about it, man. You built four stores. You got them up and going that is an accomplishment within itself. So you got to really be proud of yourself. But now you started something else. My brother, uh, Nelson, he's an artist and he started painting these Nerf guns. He started doing it on the side and it's really developed into a business. But my other brother, Michael, came up to uh, live with him for a while. Him and his girlfriend got into 3D printing. And man, they are doing all kinds of stuff with that 3D printing. You also got into it, and you have been doing uh, different projects as well and selling them on eBay and Etsy. And I've seen some of the uh, last projects that you've done, and shit, man, that thing is amazing. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of those things, if you like tinkering, 
uh, it's a great hobby because it's not like, you know, you hear about 3D printing or if you've heard of 3D printing, uh, it sounds like it's just a printer. Uh, and it's nothing like, let me tell you, it's nothing like just hooking up a, a printer to your computer and throwing some paper in it and printing some stuff off, do a quick setup and, you know, you're ready to go. These machines break down all the time. They're very difficult to work with, but you kind of have to have be kind of a mechanical person to make them really work correctly. And I kind of, I don't know, I, I kind of like that. I like tinkering. I like the art side of it because, as you know, once you print them, then you, you want them to make, you want to make them look realistic. So that is a very difficult thing to do. So there are two things in there that I really like. I like the mechanical side and I like the art side. So I kind of like, it was kind of like a fish to water for me. Well, the last thing that you had uh, done was the space shuttle. And man, I thought that was incredible. I thought it was amazing. And that was actually a big scale model that you did. So when you think of 3D printing, a lot of times you think of all these little small pieces that people do, but you can actually do just about anything with 3D printing. You could do a uh, face mask, you can do uh, uh, figurines. I mean, it's gotten that far and it's gotten really, really good. Before it used to be a real big hassle because uh, you would try to print something out and it never came out the way you wanted to. But the things that I've seen now and the things that you guys are doing, man, it's just freaking amazing. Yeah, you can you can really do a lot if you you break it down into smaller pieces. <laughs> Unfortunately, some people ask for way more than I'm capable of doing. Though I had somebody ask for a five foot space shuttle, and that's not really that possible <laughs> with the technology. The the best that I can do, and the one that you saw was kind of a hybrid because it was it was part model. So I bought a model of the actual space shuttle, but the but the tanks and the the rocket boosters I 3D printed those because there, I couldn't get them as model pieces. So I found them. Uh, I found the the drawings that I could use for the 3D printer, and I went ahead and I made them to scale. And yeah, yeah, you're right. It was it was huge. It was it was a project that was kind of beyond. I I, I actually I just wanted to kind of test myself. I think with that one. So. It I probably made maybe about $2 an hour on that one because it took me <laughs> so long to do it. And it's so big and there's so many details with it that I, I don't know. Every time you do it, you get faster at it and you get better at it. Uh, but this one here, I think I kind of exceeded my capabilities on that one. Let's let's put it that way. Well, you guys uh, have gotten really good at it. You, my brother, and also my other brother, Michael, uh, man, you guys have really uh, flourished with that. I know uh, Michael's busy as hell uh, making these 3D prints, and uh, Nelson's keeping himself busy too. So, man, that is awesome, man, that you were able to find something that uh, you actually like and that you can actually make money at. So, yeah, yeah, and and the the good thing about it is that you can kind of you can control the gas pedal with it. Like you can you can lower your prices or increase your prices based on how much work you want to do. So right now, I've got a lot of things to do around the house. So I've kind of pulled back on the pedal so that, you know, I don't have too much work. But I know it's going to be very soon that I'll be saying, oh, I'll be tapping my foot thinking, what's the next thing to do? What's the next thing to do? So anyway, well, we'll just see how it goes right now. We're going into the holidays. So 
you know how everybody knows that everything's busy during the holidays and people want my stuff during the holidays too. So it's always an interesting time of the year. Yeah, for sure. You know, when it gets close to Christmas, it doesn't matter what you're selling. Uh, you're going to be busy. So let's go ahead and jump into another topic. What do you want to talk about? Well, one of the things that, that's been, you know, that happened kind of this past weekend and, and on Monday was uh, the NFL. Uh, the NFL, I, I have to say right now, is, is just they're killing it. Those guys, they have their parity. They've got so many teams that are so good, and there's just so much close games and, you know, just a lot of action and, you know, nail-biting moments and, and uh, you know, but they're, they got to be careful because there were two incidents this weekend that really kind of can make a damper, can, can kind of bring down the game. And, and I understand people don't want players to get hurt, but that's part of the game. Injuries are just part of the game. And there were two times where the referees pretty much interfered with the outcome of a game based on throwing a penalty because, you know, they, they, uh, um, you know, hit somebody with, you know, hit very simple takedown of a quarterback and they're throwing a penalty. And I mean, it's, it's getting to a point where at some point they're going to end up not even be able to hit each other and it'll end up becoming flag football. So I watch it this weekend. I'm just thinking, What's going on with this game? Because, and, and I'll bring you back to uh, one of the memories I had was uh, I was a big Rodney Dangerfield fan way back, uh, years back before he had passed away or whatever. And he was, to me, he was extremely funny. And he said, you know, he had a little skit. And even this was even probably 20 years ago where he's talking about football. And he said, football, football's not like football used to be. He's like, come on, you, you, now you sack the quarterback and that's all it is. Back during my day, you sack the quarterback, then you go after his family. You know, so I mean, this is this is <laughs> it, it's just, it, it, but it's going the different way. It's going the opposite way. It's becoming so uh, so uh, fairy like. I mean, it's like you can't touch anybody anymore, and uh, and it's kind of disappointing me. They've they've got a great product, but that part is really just putting a damper on the game. And I just hope it doesn't keep continuing the way it is. Yeah. When you really think about uh, creating a brand, right? The NFL has managed to really do that. Well, if you look at other organizations, I think the last one was the uh, XFL. I don't know if they're still even out there, but when you compare both of them, there is no comparison. The NFL is so polished in what they do. They, they just have it down pat, but the whole thing with the quarterbacks, uh, a couple weeks ago, Tua got a concussion, and uh, he's been on protocol ever since. And there was a lot of controversy towards that. So now when a quarterback gets sacked or he gets hit, they're looking at that under a microscope. And I think they're going way too far with it. I know they want to uh, protect the quarterback because uh, they're the superstars. They're the money bag. But at the same time, it's like if you look at something and it's not a foul, it's not a foul. And if you start creating fouls and start making new rules, then that's not going to work. They've got to really look at it and do something about it. You're right. You're right. It, it is really difficult. The, the calls that happened this weekend, Tom Brady getting sacked and, you know, it just really, it was a normal sack and 
they called a 15-yard penalty on him. Uh, but I think it all stemmed from the Tua incident, uh, like you said, because he had, he had been concussed and he shouldn't even come back for the next game. And he was in the next game, had another concussion. And, uh, you know, the, in some ways they take this, this, uh, the injuries too lightly and, and then they overreact. And then they're taking it too seriously. So I, it's a fine line. It's, it's hard for them. I'm sure it's very hard for them to, to be on one side or the other. You know what I mean? You, you just can't go too much in one direction or the other. So they're kind of caught in between on this. And I know the NFL, they want to make their money. So, I mean, they, they don't want to anger their customers. You know, they don't want to anger the fans. And yeah. it's got to be hard to do that. Yeah. I think that happened in the uh, the game with uh, KC and the Raiders. I can't remember who who got sacked. Was it Mahomes or Carr? David Carr got sacked and and by Kansas City, and then there was a fumble, and Kansas City ran it in for a touchdown, and then they said no, it's pass interference, which there's I mean pass um, uh, roughing the passer, and there is no way it was roughing the passer. So I mean it's you can't call it like that. Right. When you look at the uh, replay, you can definitely tell it wasn't a foul. Exactly. Exactly. But that's uh, hopefully that the, the NFL usually figures this out and they usually make more money and everybody's happy <laughs> in the end. Yeah. So what do you think about the uh, undefeated Eagles? Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. Well, the Eagles, uh, I don't know how much techni- technicality you want me to go. Technically speaking, uh, they are a great team. However, they have not had a difficult schedule yet. So a lot of teams they've played have not been very tough. And, uh, and you know, you can't take anything away from them, but they have to be challenged a little bit more. So this weekend's a little more challenging for them because Dallas is doing pretty well. However, they're playing the game in Philadelphia. So, again, it, it won't be a, a really difficult challenge. Uh, so that's what I think about the Eagles right now. They're very good. They have a great team, but they just really need to be tested a little bit more. Yeah, I never thought uh, Jalen Hurts was uh, going to be a really good, great quarterback but he's one of those that uh just being out there and um playing he's getting better and better yeah i'll tell you jalen hurts is probably the biggest surprise i've ever had as far as a player because i remember him playing in alabama and he got you know benched by tua and uh he ended up having to go to a different college so he's bounced out of alabama and he wanted to play so he went to a different college and then he came to the, I, I had no expectations for Hertz coming into the NFL, but he has totally proven me wrong. I mean, he is, he is a solid player. He's getting better all the time too. So the Eagles somehow struck gold on that one. Somehow. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I was just talking about that today, that uh, that one game is the one that made Tua right when they were playing uh, Alabama was playing against Georgia and they brought him in um, on the, in the third quarter, the second half. And he yeah, just took over if, the game. Yeah. I don't know if that was the sec championship or the national, I think it was the sec championship that, that happened it, And Georgia had a lot of, I mean, you think about it, right. You, I'm here in Georgia. So uh, university of Georgia has a, had a lot of 
disappointment for many years. And uh, they finally got over that Alabama hump last year. And uh, it's amazing. And, you know, but like I said, you know, Tua's done pretty well, uh, but he's got the con- concussion issues. And Hurts, amazingly, is, uh, is just getting better and better with the Eagles. Yeah, I'm interested in, to, uh, interested in seeing uh, Sunday's game with uh, the Broncos because Russell Wilson has been getting a lot of flack. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see if he can bounce back. He looks like a different player. It's, it's uh, not – I have no idea. I, I can't imagine how you could go from one team to the other and, and play so poorly. Uh, it's, it's just amazing to see because, you know, there's, there's a lot of alignments and schemes, but he's just throwing the ball bad. I don't understand it. How you could, how you can be such a good quarterback for one team, go to another team and just miss the receivers and throw interceptions. It's just amazing to me. And the Broncos, I mean, they're just hemorrhaging money from him. And, uh, but hopefully he'll turn it around, but, uh, I don't know. I, I'd give them till maybe after halfway through the season to see what he's like. Uh, a lot of times it takes, it's a big transition, usually players going from one team to a next. So, you know, the, the story is still to be written on, on Mr. Wilson. Yeah, we'll have to see uh, where that goes, right? But in the meantime, let's ride. Broncos. Let's ride. Perfect. Okay. One more time Broncos country, let's ride. 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 You know, what really gets me with those players, when you think about uh, Russell Wilson, uh, there's a, another, a couple others that come to mind. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, Joe Burrows can get into that also, and then Cam Newton. These guys, they come out and they come out flashy and they're doing these commercials and they're dressing it up. And uh, what happens is that they're not producing, right? So now you can't even back that up. And you start looking like an idiot when you're out there doing that and you, you know, you're not doing well for your team. And this is what's happening with uh, Russell Wilson. He was out there. They they gave him $245 million. I believe it's either a four or five uh, year contract. That is a lot of money. And if you're not producing, obviously the fans, uh, they're going to boo you off off the field. I believe in humble quarterbacks. I do not believe in flashy, boisterous, me, me, me quarterbacks. And when I see, you know, like you said, you brought up Cam Newton and, and Joe Burrows. And <laughs> I don't know if you saw that outfit that Joe Burrow, uh, that he wore going to the Super Bowl last year. But – it was just crazy. I mean, it was like something like he revived from the seventies <laughs> in the in the pimp mobile, you know. And it was like, who is this guy? Wait a minute, you know, because it just it was so it just looked to me so out of character. But I don't know Joe Burrow, so I guess that that's the way he is. Personally, I'm not into those guys. I think I think it's me, 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 and I think football is a lot of we, we, we. I just don't think that works with the with a team, you know. I it just I don't. It kind of I think it alienates that player from the rest of the team. 
Yeah, you can't go out there and try being a badass or uh, dress like that and do all these crazy things and not be legit on the field because you're not going to last very long. You saw what happened to uh, Cam Newton. He's no longer in the NFL. I don't see him playing. And I believe that's going to uh, happen to Baker Mayfield if he doesn't get his act together. But have you seen uh, Deion Sanders? He is now the coach for Jackson University in uh, Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, amazing, right? That That's a guy. Now, talk about flashy. I mean, the, the king of flashy is Deion Sanders. But the difference with Deion Sanders is he's backed it up. He backed it up for a lot of years before he became what he became. And so I don't begrudge him anything because he's he has walked the walk. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mr. Primetime himself, Deion Sanders. You know, um, he's the only guy that's played professional football and professional baseball both on the same day. I remember, I think the baseball team, I can't remember who it was, but they were in the uh, in the series, and um, he flew in on a helicopter just to be able to play that game. So the guy is amazing. He's very inspirational, and he's very motivational, and the players love him. He tells it exactly the way it is. Yeah, you have to – a good coach has to really connect with his players. Um, they have to feel comfortable with their coach, and they have to feel like their coach is, is – is, rooting for them, you know, and I, I think Dion is doing that, uh, which that, that takes a special skill because I, I just saw not too long ago um, a, uh, a special on Paul Brown. He used to, was a very famous coach for the Cleveland Browns, and uh, he was very, very difficult, very hard on his players. And, uh, and as soon as he had Jim Brown, who's a famous running back, played for him several years and Jim Brown didn't want to play for him anymore. So they basically, they changed the coach and they changed the coach to a more player coach who would, who would connect way better with the players. And Cleveland went on to win several championships with Jim Brown and this head coach. I forgot what his name is, but I think that's what Dion's doing. He's connecting with his players and that's what that, you know, there's all types of coaching. All types of coaches make it using different styles. But one of those really good styles is the player coach, someone that can connect. Yeah, that's the one thing that I really like about him. He uh, connects with his players. His son, Shador Sanders, is the uh, quarterback, so he's playing for his dad. And um, he's really good. He's a really good quarterback. It cracks me up because I see him on uh, Facebook and also uh, I think on YouTube. Uh, They have those little short reels. And um, he's always on there. He comes into a Deion Sanders' uh, bedroom, and he wakes him up, and he, he jokes around and uh, gets him to sign football so he can sell online. It's hilarious. But, yeah, you got to check him out. That would be interesting to see. Uh, keep, I'll keep an eye out on that coming up. So oh, let's uh, you, know, you know there's another Manning coming, too. Yeah, he's a prodigy. Arch Manning, I believe his dad is Cooper Manning. And uh, he is super good. The last I heard, he committed to uh, Texas. I think uh, Alabama and Georgia really wanted him, but uh, he chose Texas. Do you know it started with Archie, right, back in the 70s? Archie Manning was the, the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. And he pretty much produced this – is, this is like the lineage from Archie Manning. But talk about genes. I didn't get any of those genes. I wish I had. <laughs> But I don't have any of those genes. I just got regular, like, Levi genes. I didn't get any good DNA genes, unfortunately. 
Yeah, well, you look at uh, who his famous uncles are, right? Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, and his uh, dad was Cooper Manning, which was really another great football player. He never made it into the uh, NFL. He got spinal tenosis, which is a, a narrowing of the spine, and that ended his career, but he would have been a great player as well. Every time I uh, see Peyton, I just think of the uh, Papa John's commercial. And there's a lot of memes out there because he's got a really big forehead and a big head. And everybody always says it looks like a helmet. <laughs> and he's the most famous one, too. He's he's so funny. Peyton is, I mean, he's a great personality. You know, uh, Eli, they have to kind of work on a little bit. But he's Eli's funny when he's with Peyton. He kind of, he, when he's on his own, he's not so good. But when he's with Peyton, it's like, Watching, you know, what was that movie, Step Brothers, where they're, yeah. you know, just, just and brothers are brothers. You know, I didn't have a brother, unfortunately, but you're the probably you and Nelson are the closest brothers I have. But I, I, I wish I had that in my life. I wish I had a, a brother that, you know, you would wrestle with. You would, you know, do those boys things with. I, I just didn't. I had three sisters, you know, they none of them wanted to wrestle. None of them wanted to play football. So I, you know. Just just on my own. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine what that's like. But the Mannings, they all did a commercial together. I saw it on television. You got uh, Archibald Manning, Cooper, Eli, and Peyton. And uh, together, man, they are funny as hell. Oh, yeah. They, 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 when they're doing their commercials and their shit, there's like two little boys. You know, it's like, it's like they're back in their bedroom when they're eight, nine years old. And you never have that after you get older. You, 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 you know, you have friends or whatever. You never have that relationship that you would have as brothers growing up. Yeah, that is uh, so true. So uh, we're halfway through. Let's go ahead and take a short break. And when we get back, we can uh, talk cocktails. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Half Hour Cocktail Mix. I'm going to go ahead and start this off. Um, I tend to start a little early on my drink, on my cocktail. And I started uh, drinking early on into the podcast. And where we're staying at, where we're camping at, there was a couple that was staying next door to us. And they were just staying overnight. But they invited Gina and I to come over and have some drinks. And uh, they had some Patron with some margarita mix. And man, that shit was so good. The next time we went to the uh, liquor store, I told Gina, Gina, go inside and get some Patron. And she went inside and came back out and she said, uh, there ain't no way in hell I'm spending over $100 on liquor. And I totally agree with her. We just, it's not in our budget. So we got uh, Luna Soul uh, tequila, which I've never had before. And uh, we also got an Uptown Wine uh, Margarita Cocktail Mango Mix. I went ahead and poured that uh, mango mix with some uh, ice cubes into my glass. And then I added some of that Luna Soul tequila. And I wasn't aware that the uh, cocktail mix already had alcohol in it. So I kind of just doubled up on that. So I am feeling really, really good right now. And I got to tell you, man, that tastes so good. So what is it that uh, you're drinking or what's the drink that you want to talk about? I am going to bring up a drink that's more it's not really suited for this time of the year but i think you can kind of drink it at any time and really it's more kind of like for people on a low budget it's not an expensive drink so you kind of mix it all together and it's it's not going to be you know it's not going to empty your wallet but it's called summer brew 
and I've done this in the past, and I remember doing it for a making it for a Fourth of July party. And me and my daughter, we probably made I don't know fifteen pictures of this stuff, and it was a nonstop. We were just constantly going into the house, making more, another pitch, another two pitchers, bringing them out. As soon as we get those done, another five minutes go by, almost done. Bring another pitcher in, make another one. But anyway, it's it's kind of like, I would say it's kind of like a margarita also. There's another name for it too. Uh, it's uh, another name, a.k.a. skip and go naked. So that's another one. And uh, but it's it's really tasty. It's kind of like almost like a margarita, but not. Yeah, I guess you just have to try it. Uh, but the the recipe is on the internet, and from what I remember, and I had one like maybe a couple months ago. But it has beer, it has vodka, and it has uh, limeade concentrate. And I think there's something else in it and you pour it over ice and it, if you look online, it has the, there's a lot of different variations of it, but you'll see a, uh, some uh, ingredient lists and, and how to make it. And that's where I found out about it. But, oh my gosh, during the summertime or really anytime you can have this. And like I said, it's, it's kind of cheap, so it doesn't cost a lot and it gets everybody going at the party. So I definitely re- recommend to try this that's a drink that uh you have made for us before and yes it is delicious and i think you can have that uh drink cold or hot right if i remember right yeah oh well that the one you're talking about is the one with the uh the christmas cocktail i think that's the one you're talking about but yeah i guess you know technically you could have but beer warm would probably wouldn't be so good i mean it's a weird eclectic mix of of things you know it's it's who would ever think of putting vodka with beer i mean it's it's a really weird combination with this but you put it all together with the limeade and it works it just works so anyway i i will tell anybody you got a party going on mix up mix up a couple of pictures of this and everybody will be feeling right at the end of the night yeah, it's Friday and I am feeling good, especially uh, this week for me because I worked really hard during the week and uh, just to have the weekend off. Friday night, sitting over here uh, doing this podcast and just having a drink. It doesn't get any better than this. There's, there's so what- nothing better that I remember when I was working uh, than uh, Friday afternoon. I mean, Friday afternoon, you knew once you got back from lunch, you're just cruising the rest. It's almost like the last day of school. I mean, you're, you're just cruising the afternoon. You know, it's like your mind is in another place. You're, you're ready for party, ready for Friday night, ready to enjoy your weekend. Yeah, get ready for the weekend. You know, uh, um, Scott has always been talking about uh, Shiner beer. Have you had that? Yes, yeah, Shiner Bach. There's a, um, there's a, there's a your, your, uh, I think it's your cousin, Oreste. <laughs> Cheeto, aka Cheeto, uh, he made us the last time he was over here by him Shiner Bach, uh, and um, there was some of it left in our refrigerator there, and it's like more like a it's a German beer, uh, but uh, you know it's it's 
you kind of it's it's a little heavy, but it's good. It's good. So it might be the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. This is a Shiner beer. I guess that's the make of it, uh, the brand. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but every time they always come out with something new, everybody starts getting on the bandwagon. And now all the beer, the beer that they're making, it's uh, sea salt and lime. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Yeah. So I wanted to try it. And uh, so I went ahead and bought a 12 pack. And man, personally, <laughs> I had the first one and I did not like it. I don't know. I think they start messing around too much with the flavors that it kind of takes away. Sometimes I just like a regular beer and I wanted to give it a try. So I did. Uh, I ended up just drinking one and giving the rest to the boys at work. And uh, they're going to have a good time this weekend with it. But yeah, personally, I just didn't like it. So I wouldn't be getting that anymore with the uh, sea salt and lime. I'm right with you. The The thing about any of those limeritas or, you know, bud with lime or any, you know, different when they throw in these, these, it tastes like chemicals to me. It doesn't taste like the real thing. So they, they throw a lime flavor in there. And I don't think there's any actual lime that's part of the equation. You know, if you take just a regular beer and you put some lime, a regular squeezed lime into it, it tastes great. But if you buy a prepackaged, lime arita or lime something in beer it just doesn't taste the same to me it tastes like chemicals to me yeah we were just uh, talking about that it's got an aftertaste right it doesn't really taste like the real thing but i do i do uh, um uh have those uh true lime packets now they come in orange they come in grapefruit and i talked about this before and i gotta tell you they're just crystallized uh you know, pieces of like the, the lime or the grapefruit and they taste exactly like the real thing. So those I, I always have in my beer and I love it. I have to try that. I know you've told me about that several times and I haven't tried it yet, but I need to get that because I'm always drinking water and I want to get, you know, some flavoring and water and I need something. I've, I've tried a bunch of the, you know, the tea slash, lemon you know flavored crystals and they just don't cut it for me it just doesn't taste real it tastes like chemicals to me so i need to try that and see what see what that's like yeah i totally agree with you dude so um on this show we like to throw some politics in here biden being 80 years old he's one of the oldest presidents in our country's history do you think he's going to um be able to finish out his term i don't think he's gonna make it but Somehow he managed to manages to shuffle up to that podium and air shake someone's hand and shuffle himself off. Uh, it's just I, I never thought uh, a leader of this country could could do such a horrible job. I mean, I, I just I have to hand it to Obama. He he's the one that said, you know, even though I'm I'm not a big fan, uh, he said never underestimate Joe's ability to f something up. And that's exactly what he's done to this country, 100%. Yeah, I was uh, looking at some things today, and uh, somebody had noticed a lump on his head. I don't know if you saw that, and uh, they were wondering what that was. It could be plastic surgery. It could be something else. But uh, 80 years old, man, that is way up there. He is the uh, oldest sitting president uh, that we've had. And uh, I'm still sticking to it. I don't think he's going to make it for, you know, he's going to make it for the next two years. I think uh, that something is going to happen physically uh, and uh, he, he won't finish out the term. 
yeah, he's he's going down real fast because even just looking at him three, four years ago, it was like a totally different person. And I don't know if you heard the news that the White House is trying to really downplay and not say anything that he's turning 80 years old because with everything else that's going on with him, they don't want people making fun of the fact or, or you know, making a fool of him because he's he's 80 years old and he's the oldest president president that's uh, standing in office. Yeah, it's amazing when you think how did uh, how did we get here, right? Because you really think 80 years old, man, that is old to uh, have a, uh, someone as a president um, at that age. And it just makes you think, like, yeah, what if he doesn't make it? Yeah, what's the what's the alternative, right? Miss um, Miss uh, Word Salad is your is your alternative. Uh, I you know when I listen to Kamala, uh, it's really disheartening to think that she would be the person making the decisions. Well, it I bring that back though. I don't even think Joe's making the decisions because it seems like he doesn't even know what's going on when he's talking. He usually says something that's opposite of the, what the White House actually wants him to say. So, you know, going from him to Kamala, uh, her and her word salads, like, uh, I mean, if you if you look up on YouTube, there's just so many funny word salads by Kamala. Like, you know, the definition of a, of a community is you have to be a good community. In order to be a good community, you have to be together so that you can really be a good community. I mean, that's that's basically, you know, paraphrasing a quote from her. I mean, it's ridiculous listening to her, the things that come out of her mouth. Yeah, for real. Let's uh, take a second and listen in. I'm doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time. Right. The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. It can go on and on forever with uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, she does it all the time. And it's it's almost like Circle Batgirl, right? But now, even the press secretary that we have, she can't answer a damn question. If you're asked something, just tell the truth. If the president messed up, just say he messed up. They try to cover up everything, and uh, that's what's killing them at this point. I'm, there's not a lot I believe anymore, uh, which is sad because— uh, I always believed in our government, that our government was, you know, a good entity and they were doing the, the best for our people. And, you know, sadly, sad to say, I'm, I'm, I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, yeah. it's, it's very disappointing. Yeah, there's so much uh, bullshit going on right now. We'll have to see what happens in November. I know it's not going to make much of a difference, but it's a start. So let's go ahead and jump into something else. What else uh, do you want to talk about? Let's see. Let's see what the... Uh, the list has over it. Well, the one thing I was I was going to talk about is uh, is the, the the fact that com how comedy is really missing the boat in this woke world right now. Because I mean, Saturday Night Live could be killing it right now if they would be able to parody uh, Biden. I mean, when going back to early Saturday Night Live. They would. They were relentless on on uh, Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford was known for bumping his head, falling down the stairs. But he he didn't have the the word issues and the dementia that Joe has. And Joe's constantly falling down and doing all these different things. But 
you don't see any humor coming out about that. And I just think, you know, with this whole woke mentality that they are really comedy is suffering so bad in this world right now because you just can't make fun of anybody anymore unless they're a conservative. Then you're, you know, open season. Uh, but that's the thing. I, I just I don't understand why, you know, why these businesses don't realize how much they could capitalize on from the current administration because there is so much humor that could come out of it and nothing is happening yeah they made a lot of fun of uh, trump and i haven't really seen that with biden but a lot of times these guys don't want to go there because they don't want to either get fired or lose their gig there's always repercussions right it's a pretty scary time for conservatives yeah it's like you said it's really disappointing because comedy in general is suffering so much right now you look at all of the all the television anything on internet whatever that that used to be funny the standard things that the night i don't watch any of the nighttime shows anymore the jimmy kimmel's the uh, i don't i don't watch any of those because they're so politically charged that they're just not funny anymore and and another one is saturday night live uh, back in the day, back in the 70s, they made all kinds of fun of uh, of uh, Ford, uh, Gerald Ford, because he'd bump his head or this or that. And, you know, they'd show him falling down. And there is so much more opportunity with Biden because he's such a buffoon that they could just I mean, you could you could use the whole show on just, you know, Biden and his gaffes and his falling down. And all these different things he does. So it's just really sad because all the things that I used to find funny are just not funny anymore. And they're all just politicized. And it's it's really sad. It's catering to that one woke group. And I really hope that it's a go woke and a get woke and go broke uh, in the future. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I can't imagine the ratings on any of these shows are making it at this point. Well, if you look at some of these comedians, they don't want to say certain jokes about uh, gays, lesbians, uh, someone that's handicapped, blacks, Chinese, because they might be canceled, right? But uh, everything comes around in a full circle, and uh, comedy is no different. SNL has been around for a really, really long time, uh, for decades, and if their ratings aren't there, they're going to be canceled just as well. I think we need to go back to the old uh, Blazing Saddle days. <laughs> yeah, I... I... But there are some people that are still really into it that are still that don't really care. So if you see like, uh, I don't know if you know, Bill Burr, extremely funny for me, but he doesn't care. He says that's anything he wants to say. And he doesn't, you know, there's no apologies. There's no nothing. He destroys everybody equally. So there are some people that are still doing it, but. They're fewer and far in between at this point. Um, I I hope that it changes around, but you know it's going to take some time because this world it, nothing nothing moves quickly. Everything in this world is a, a glacier pace, so it'll it'll take time. But hopefully it'll, it'll come back to it. Yeah, Bill Burr is uh, funny as hell, and if you uh, you listen to his comedy, right, every joke that he says they're facts, like they're so true. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't want to offend. You know, I don't know how much, how offensive you like to get on this show, 
but he does a skit uh, where he talks about Oprah Winfrey, uh, Winfrey saying that the uh, uh, a mother being a mother is the most difficult job in the world, and he does this 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 bit on that and talking about that, and it's hysterical because he, he he sits back and he says, "Yeah, Oprah says." You know, being a mother, most difficult job in the world. He said, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm a, I'm a redhead, and I spent a, a, a summer doing roofing work. You, you know what what it's like for a redhead to be in the sun all day working on a roof? I don't know. I, I, but, but I think, you know, on the opposite side, mother, she has to take the Rugrats to a movie. You know, hey, maybe yeah, that is the toughest job in the world. And he goes through different, he's like, oh, I saw that movie Event Horizon, or not Event Horizon, Deep Horizon, where the, the golf the golf drilling well blew up. He said, yeah, there's a bunch of guys on fire. They're jumping into, into the water. There's fire all over the water. But I don't know. You know, taking a couple of kids and going shopping and stuff, maybe that is harder. But uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to get people too upset about this. But Bill Burr is not afraid to say what's on his mind. Which is which is so refreshing, because I can't stand these comedians that that jump around and they they're they're playing you know walking on eggs walking on eggshells with humor. It's uh you know it's like you said disappointing. Yeah, I've become a big fan of Bill Burr. He gets away with a lot of shit, but it's almost like Blazing Saddles, right? They got away with a lot of stuff back then. The only reason they got away with it, even it was it was a problem back then too. But the only reason that they got away with it is they had black comedians that co-wrote the scripts. So as long as it was, you know, somebody black was part of the writing of the script, it was okay. In the case of of, uh, Blazing Saddles, I think it was uh, Cleveland Little was the it was Richard Pryor wrote uh, a lot of those parts. So when Mel Brooks came out with the movie, so, you know, Richard Pryor. You know, did, did a lot of the, the writing on here, so it was okay. Somehow it was okay. So you see a lot of those movies, as long as they had, you know, um, black people being a part of it, I guess it was all right. Yeah, I had read somewhere that uh, Richard Pryor had something to do with the writing. Hey, have you seen uh, Christopher Lloyd and uh, Michael J. Fox uh, from Back to the Future? They were together. Uh, they haven't been together in a really long time in the same place, but they were over in Comic-Con. Uh, did you see that? I mean, it it was just so sad to watch Michael J. Fox and, and what he's going through. It's pretty sad. I love uh, Michael J. Fox, and it's just disheartening to see him uh, go through that. Parkinson's, for him, has uh, progressed so quickly, and you can definitely tell, man, that it's uh, taken a toll on him. I mean, he was, he was fairly young when that, that happened, when that took hold. And, they, you know, when you saw him, you'd see little bits where, he, you know, his face would contort or, or whatever. He thought, you know, it's Michael J. Fox. I mean, you know, there'll be some doctor who'll figure out something that'll that'll uh, make it better for him. I mean, look at Magic Johnson when they, they talked about him having HIV, right? You remember that? That was back probably in the 90s or in the 80s. Yeah, that, that was Magic a big deal. Johnson, and they thought, oh, that's that's it for Magic Johnson. He's never going to, he's never going to be able to, to do any, you know, give him another 10 years and he'll be dead. He's still fine. He's not having, so he kind of thought, I kind of thought that maybe Michael J. Fox, maybe, you know, there'll be some type of miracle and he'll, 
he'll be okay. And you can't imagine him being in the state that he is now. But uh, unfortunately, it, it, you know, look at Steve Jobs, right? I mean, look what happened to him. I mean, cancer, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Uh, the Grim Reaper is coming at some point for us. Yeah, I was having this conversation with somebody, and we were talking about, would you want to know when you're going to die? Because it's, it's a good thing to know, and maybe it's not a good thing to know. If you die of a heart attack, wouldn't you want to know that you're going to die of a heart attack so maybe you can take care of it? Well, yeah, well, the, the, the thing about that one, that question, is that, you know, you would have to know how you're going to die, too at the same point, right? Because if you're, if you're told that you're going to die in nine months and nine months goes by, you know that there's going to be something traumatically terrible that's going to happen to you, right? It's not like, okay, three months from now, they diagnosed me with cancer and I'm obviously going to go down the hill for the next six months till I die, right? But if you get up to that eight months and, you know, 29 days, and you're fine, you know you're going to have a horrible death. And I don't know if I would want to know about that. Yeah, there's uh, definitely something to knowing uh, when and how you're going to die. But if you think about it, if it's something that you can prevent, then that would be kind of cool, right? But if it's something that you have no control over, then um, at least you know that you have this amount of time to do the things that you want to do and really enjoy life. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I've, lately I've been obsessed with uh, I Survived Beyond and Back. I don't know if you've seen that. That, that. that came out, I think, 2011, 2012, and there's like two seasons of it. And they talk about dying and then being brought back to life. And I think those, those shows are so interesting because after watching them, the common thread between all these people is that they're going to a wonderful place and they don't want to come back to their body. They want to die. They want to, because they feel so good, just such peace. And I think to myself, you know what, if that, if everybody has that common thread, death is probably not that bad. So I would say you should watch this. Watch I Survive Beyond and Back. It may give you a different perspective on death. And you might not be, most people, I think, you know, would think like I am, like, you're not going to be as afraid of it because it's a wonderful place. So we'll see what happens. It's that magical, unknown question that we're all looking towards. You know, we'll get there someday. Yep, that's for sure. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen, but when it's going to happen. So I guess you just have to uh, take the amount of time that you have left and enjoy the hell out of it. So I think we're going to go over a little bit on this podcast, but I want to get your thoughts on one thing. What do you think is going to happen in the uh, war in Ukraine? That's a tough question. I, I, It's kind of scary because here's, here's my thought. All right, so Putin is being put into a corner. This guy, and I when I went through, through grade school and in college and any type of classes dealing with Russia or the USSR back when, you know, they would, they would always talk about that if they got into some type of confrontation, if there was, you know, face to face, who's going to, who's going to blink. You always had to be able to provide a way for them to save face. Okay. And that meant 
you got to give both sides got to give something to both back down. And then they say they both, both sides say they won. So there's this thing about a face saving move. And the, the part about Ukraine right now, I can't figure out how anybody could give Putin a face saving move at this point. He's all in. He, he's, you know, he's stuck his big toe in the water and his toe is freezing up right now. He's, I mean, they, they completely misread this situation in Ukraine and they're suffering big time. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ukraine didn't turn around and start invading Russia. I mean, they have that ability. They're taking back their lands. They could go ahead and bomb Moscow, Moscow right now. If, if any of that starts happening, he has got all that nuclear power that we know. And he's been threatening about it, right? He's been threatening, I'm going to nuclear nuke this and nuke that. You know, he doesn't want to have Finland or Sweden join NATO or Ukraine join NATO. If they do, I'm going to nuke it. He's just constantly threatening nuking. Now, here's my thought about it is that you can't just nobody has supreme power to just push a button to let all the nuclear rockets just go. I mean, that that's a chain of command. So my hope is that even if this guy is going crazy and it's the last act of a madman that he that somebody down the chain says we can't do this and makes it so that. He, had, he doesn't have the power to actually launch nuclear missiles. And that's my hope, that before he does it, he'll be either overtaken or someone down the line or a group down the line will make it so that he can't or won't launch nuclear missiles. And then he'll eventually be taken over. So that's my hope, but you never know. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't bet on that, but that's what I hope happens. Well, I think that's a great insight in what you said. And uh, on that note, we're just going to leave that there. I'm not going to respond to that because we're definitely going to go way over on time. So uh, we're going to go ahead and end it here. Bill, thank you so much for uh, filling in for Scott. Scott, if you're listening, look forward to uh, talking to you next week and being on the podcast. Guys, take care. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, Bill, buddy, I love you, man. Take care. Yeah, you too, Lou. I I Hope that you have a great weekend, a safe weekend, and everybody else out there, anybody that happens to listen to this this BS that we've been talking about, you all have a great weekend too. All right, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you soon. Love you guys. Bye.